It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, what is going on? It's Friday. It's not Friday, but it's Thursday. But it's a Saturday game, so it's Friday. And also, like, no one's really working anywhere all week. So it feels like a Friday. So I don't know what to call this day. Do we need a new name for when Friday is really Friday? Like, Friday. Yeah, it's like. You know, it's like it's like oh well, it's like today's your birthday. Well, it's Tuesday, but it's also your birthday. Like there needs to be another name for the day when when the Thursday is really, for all intents and purposes, a Friday. I, early yeah. early Friday, pre Friday, Friday Eve, maybe. It is technically Friday Eve. And now I don't even know what day it actually is. With, it's Thursday, December twenty first. <laughs> I'm Mike Wallace, and this is 60. We're way. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how we got to this point already, but uh, it is Thursday, December 21st, 2023, and Mason Rudolph is the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett was rolled out today by the team. Um, you know, in a matter of 48 hours, I would say, my mind completely changed about who was going to be starting this game. I, I thought, like, early in the week when he wasn't rolled out, then I saw Kenny practicing. I was like, oh, like, limited capacity on Tuesday. Maybe we do see Kenny actually get out there and give it a go. Yesterday, you kind of tempered that expectation, and my mind had shifted after seeing the video of him limited mobility to the point where I thought it would be Mason and then Kenny getting rolled out today. So it will be Mason Rudolph starting at quarterback that is going to take up a big portion of our conversation, Alan. So maybe save that. But Trenton Thompson also rolled out at safety, which means uh, per our Nick Farabaugh, it will actually be you and I starting at safety in two days for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the strong safety because <laughs> uh, I can't really run that well. So, like, <laughs> there's no chance I'm covering Higgins. I can maybe, I can maybe like trip Joe Mixon, right? Like, I'm not going to tackle him. I could just maybe get in the way. And he would trip over me, um, mm-hmm. covering just straight out. Like I'm, I'm a pure box safety at this point in my career. So uh, you're going to get center field, and uh, good luck with that. We'll see how it goes. I I don't like the chances. Uh, I'll be quite honest with you. You know, I mean, I, I'd like to have a lot more confidence in myself, uh, and, and in a lot of res- aspects of life, I do. This would not be one of them. Having to play in an NFL game. Um, like this so no uh but anyway on a serious note they're down at least their top four safeties elijah riley who would be their fifth is questionable to play in this game he would be coming off ir for the and playing in his first game in a month uh if he is able to come back and play next to patrick peterson who is a corner that is going to play safety in this one alan this safety room has somehow overtaken the inside linebacker room for the most depleted on this roster and that's saying something yeah, it's we're, we're we're right to uh dumb and dumber. Our pets' heads are falling off. Like that's yep. that's where we're at here. I mean, uh so Patrick Peterson is gonna play free safety, Eric Rowe, who has mm-hmm. never played for the Steelers and is not really a strong safety by trade anyway, is gonna play strong safety. He's an eight-year NFL vet, he's played lots of places and lots of schemes, but man, this is 
going to be a very big challenge for this defense. And there's next to no depth. If Elijah Riley doesn't play, you're just left with Miles Killebrew. There isn't another safety. That's it. That's the list. Yeah. Let me cornize. There, there's, there's nobody else. I think uh, Nick talked to Riley today. I think he's he's pretty confident he's going to play. So, okay. you know, I think those are your four safeties, but yikes. That's uh, uh that's Darius Darius Rush maybe get a helmet, could see time there. Would he play like I think he played like eight of his snaps at safety in that Thursday game against the Titans? Darius Rush played safety? No, he I played th- well, they had, I sw- okay. Well, we can continue to talk about it. I'll look because somebody had him tracked as 40, 40 snaps in that game, and some of them were at safety. Hmm. And that's why I I brought it up. But he, he yeah. played he played, he was the the dime in the dime defender the 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 slot dime defender mm-hmm. for a lot of it. Um, I expect he will have that role again this week. I think you're going to see a. So look, I mean, the three safety package is kind of out the window. You don't even have you only have three of them, right? But Riley kind of does both. He's he's a safety and he's a slot corner. So I think when you're looking at nickel, it'll be, you know, Levi Wallace is going to start at one side. Joey Porter Jr. is going to start at the other. Patrick Peterson, Eric Rowe. When you go nickel, it'll be Shannon Sullivan or Elijah Riley. And then when you go dime, it'll be one of those two guys and probably Darius Rush. Yeah. Well, I, I so he definitely gave you the helmet. I, I don't know why I swear that I saw that on PFF's tracking, but – um. Well, if it's on PFF, it's probably wrong anyway. So you know. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, that's anyway, that's yeah, a lie. They're, they're actually very good at that part of their job. Wow, uh, that, I, uh, that that was very that was very big of you to say. I appreciate that. I, I take my shots when they're justified <laughs> only. Um, okay, but but moving along here, I'm very interested to see. Like we talked about it before. Cincinnati, you have a pretty good feel what they're going to do offensively. Like even without Jamar Chase, you're going to see a lot of three receiver stuff, one running back, one tight end. So from that standpoint, the Steelers are very familiar with the personnel that they want to throw out there. Do you think that kind of at least that is in their favor that they know what they're going to see? Well, I think it gives you the benefit of not needing a lot of packages. You know, when you have like a very multiple offense, like think about like the Baltimore Ravens where they'll come at you with like a fullback and two tight ends or two running backs on the field at the same time. And, you know, four wide receivers sometimes like you got to have answers for all that. The Bengals don't really do that much. Right. I mean, there's no Jamar chase. So you're going to have T Higgins and one outside receiver. I guess it's a question as to what they'll do with the other, you know, my guess is that, that Tyler Boyd will move outside because to me, I think the Bengals have better depth at the slot. Um, I really, really like, the rookie Andre Yoshivas from Princeton, uh, he mm-hmm. can be a pain in the butt. Trent Irwin, as a guy who's been around, is like their version of Gunnar Olszewski, basically. Um, plays a lot of special teams, but also can be a slot receiver. Um, so I think those two guys are going to play a lot, and you'll see them on the field with Higgins and Boyd. And then you're going to see you know Drew Sample and Tanner Hudson at tight end, and Joe Mixon and Chase Brown at running back. But it's you know it's um, it's mostly going to be three receivers, a tight end and running back on the field at the same time. And that really does make matching personnel a whole lot easier for the defense. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I keep going back to this. Sorry, because I wanted to find this for sure. But yeah, so they, it was Darius Rush had 30 snaps, six in the box, 18 slot corner, one wide corner, and five free safety. Yeah. So what he's tracked for. So I don't know how that works, but well, anyway. I mean, they do <laughs> do those snaps where like they rotate the slot corner and the free safety. So maybe that, but he would have still lined up at slot corner. He's just moving, you know, after the, the snap. So I don't know. Right. Gotcha. Okay. But Alan, the, the big storyline here, as depleted as the safety room is, probably what's going to be taking most of the headlines here is the quarterback room again. Um, maybe for a brief window, it looked like Kenny Pickett could potentially return, but never really looked like he was going to be mobile enough to do so. Uh, so Mason Rudolph's going to get a shot here on Saturday against Cincinnati, which uh, I want to bring up this. <laughs> I feel like I have to bring up this one. Are you familiar with uh, Daniel Valente? Yes. He puts out the, the weird stats that he puts out. So Mason Rudolph has only one career loss versus teams named after cats. Okay. Are you ready for this? 2 0 versus the Cincinnati Bengals, 2 0 versus the Pitt Panthers, 1 0 versus the Southeastern Louisiana Lions, 1 0 versus the South Alabama Jaguars, 2 1 versus the Kansas State Wildcats, in uh, a tie versus the Detroit Lions. So, hey, you know what? I think that we're good to go on Saturday with Mason Rudolph facing a team named after a cat. That's what I take from this. All right. I mean, did, did we get high school <laughs> in there? I mean, did, did we like how, how, oh. I mean, yeah, no, that's not in here. Dan, Daniel's not on his a game with this one. He didn't go that far back. I mean, come on. What the heck? Also uh, though, I do appreciate that though. That is an incredible stat is this okay i feel even better now thinking about this the last time mason rudolph started a game was against the lions right the the ben covid game and yeah. isn't that like isn't godwin Iguabuke that he like he went off in that game for the lions yeah. against the steelers yes. there we go all right now on the steelers he's gonna be at after shore stadium this is all pointing in the right direction for me right now alan yeah i mean that's the last thing we really have to go on from mason rudolph and <laughs> it's not all bad i mean that so that's the only game that he's played that was in this offensive system right matt canada yeah. was the offensive coordinator and i think you know it's it's hard to compare what rudolph did when he was in randy figner's offense when the steelers were like the most pass heavy team in the nfl mm -hmm. compared to this offense which seems to be allergic to it um, but that game is the one we really can look at and say like, okay, this is probably the kind of quarterback play we should expect to get from Mason Rudolph. And if you remember that game, it was raining and the Steelers threw the ball 50 times. Yes. Which I, I mean, it did go into overtime into the very end of overtime. So there's a whole extra period there, but mm -hmm. Uh man, what an interesting game. He completed 70% of them, 242 yards, one touchdown, one pick. I feel like they can get now. They're not going to throw 50 times. They may not right. run 50 offensive snaps. Um, but I think they can get that kind of performance out of Mason Rudolph. I think it's in him. I don't think he can be much better than that. But I think he can deliver that kind of game. Now, will that kind of game be good enough to win? I don't know. It wasn't good enough to beat a winless Detroit Lions team in week 
10 of the season. Um, these Bengals are playing pretty well. That's a multifaceted question, but like I, I think he can deliver that kind of performance. Yeah, what's weird is like you mentioned running 50 plays. So they passed 50 times this game, if I'm correct. Yeah, they also ran 31. Like that. So it's not like it was, of course, they shouldn't have been like that is heavily passed as opposed to run, but 81 between passing and running plays, which is crazy to think about that many plays being run by this team. Yeah. Uh, they scored like, 16 points. I, yeah, it's not even like it was like some kind of offensive <laughs> outburst. Like it was yeah. just. They ran a lot of play. I, like I just did the snap counts for last week, and it's like, you know, forty-two or whatever. You know, jeez, yeah. Uh, um, but uh, but I do think you're right. 50, like this 52, is the time. fifty. No, fifty-two. No, it was more than that. fifty-eight snaps last week. Okay, I do think you're right in terms <laughs> of like this is probably a good like benchmark to look at. Obviously not the attempts, but like the completion percentage. He threw a touchdown in this game, which is like the very first drive to James Washington and then nothing really after that. But the pick, right? That's always going to be the biggest thing because this offense is so predicated on not turning the football over. He did have one in that football game. They need him to take care of the football. That is arguably the biggest reason that Mitch Trubisky is not out there anymore is because of his care like his carelessness with the football so um i think that is probably the one big thing going from mitch to mason that needs to change is taking care of the football i think it's the thing although and like i think you know people like watched a lot of mitch over these last few weeks and obviously it hasn't gone well but mm -hmm. like mitch in his steelers time in two seasons has thrown an interception on 3.5 percent of his dropbacks that's like the worst that would be like the worst in NFL history. Like if you like extrapolated that over Jeez. a season, like it's not going to take a lot to be better than that. And in fact, mm -hmm. this year was 4.7% of his dropbacks. So it's not going to take a lot from Rudolph to be better than Trubisky in terms of taking care of the ball. And like, I still think there's this like weird undercurrent with the Steelers, like people around the team. That's like, when are they going to take some shots? I'm like, they're not. They're going to do the opposite of take shots. Like, this is going to be a backup quarterback game plan that they really didn't do with Mitch Trubisky, but they probably should have. Like, this is going to be like what the Seattle Seahawks did with Drew Locke. You're going to throw one hard pass all game, and hopefully it wins it for us. Like, that's, that's where we're headed, I think, from a game plan perspective. You saw what the Steelers did against this Bengals defense four weeks ago with Kenny Pickett. It's not like he was, you know, throwing the ball 40 yards downfield. It was all like underneath stuff. Pat Fryer moved in the middle of the field, like just move the chains, keep it simple. Like that's all they really need to do in this game with this passing offense. They should be able to run the ball against the Bengals, especially with no DJ reader. Um, yeah. And so I really think you know, they can deliver the, the, the backup quarterback performance that they haven't gotten this year that seemingly everybody in the league has had at least one of, right? So there's been like a hundred of these games this year where some backup comes in and wins a game. And you're like, how do the Steelers get the, or how do, how do all these teams get good performances out of Josh Dobbs and Aiden O'Connell and, um, you know, uh, Nick Mullins and Jake Browning and all, all these people are winning games and having good games. The Steelers haven't even really had a good game out of Kenny Pickett this year. Like how? Mm -hmm. And I think this will probably be the, the game that they're able to get 
that kind of of solid backup game out of Mason. The big question mark is they have to protect him. They have been so bad at protecting the passer these last few weeks, and Mason is not a fast quarterback. And more so than that, actually, I think he has like an underappreciated level of athleticism. If you remember that Lions game, he had like a 38-yard run. It was like the longest run of the season for the Steelers that year. Um, I just think he's particularly – like he's not that athletic and he's not that good at feeling the rush. I really feel like that has been the thing with Mason Rudolph throughout his career is that like you just look at the pocket and you're like, oh, if it had just stepped up here or if it had just felt this better. I don't know, maybe two years on the scout team uh, getting – tag teamed by TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith will have beaten that skill into his brain. I don't know, but I feel like that's been the thing that's always held him back. He doesn't have a particularly fast release. He's not super accurate, you know, short and medium. He's got to throw the ball down the field sometimes to be effective, but the more he holds onto the ball, the more trouble he gets into. And so if there's, I think, you know, the way I see it is if the Steelers can make this work, it's going to be because they get him into rhythm. They take very few risks, but are able to complete passes over the middle because that's where the Cincinnati defense can really be exploited. And if it doesn't work, I think it's because they can't protect him. Mason Rudolph on the move is a recipe for turnovers. And look, talked about how bad Mitch Trubisky has been at it, but Rudolph's thrown like 2.3% of his uh, career attempts for interceptions that's not a very good number either like he's he's perfectly capable of throwing the the, the game away as well yeah well that was so the big number to me that jumps out what going through this botched door from his last start uh zero sacks in that game for the detroit lions in that one you look at where this the state of the steelers offensive line which in my opinion just every week it seems like they're getting worse in pass protection uh, you know, going against the Cincinnati team with Hendrickson, with Hubbard, I don't know DJ Reader, but they still got some other guys, you know, maybe like a BJ Hill on the interior. There are some guys that can create some havoc for this Steelers offensive line, and that's going to be the biggest question to me. And the biggest, I, I'm not saying reason to not start Mason. I think that you had to go this direction with what you've seen from Mitch. Um, but like at least Mitch is able to get outside of the pocket and keep himself from getting killed. Mason, you know, I, I, he's, I'm not saying he's a complete statue. We've talked about maybe a little bit of an underrated athlete even, but he doesn't have offer that same mobility that, you know, a healthy Kenny or a Mitch do possess. So I think that's the one thing that I'm like really concerned about is, is this offensive line going to hold up against the Cincinnati pass rush? I'll go a step further. Like if they don't find a way to protect him better or they don't call the game differently so that he's never holding on to the ball, we're gonna end up seeing Mitch Trubisky again. Because if they if they like if they protect Mason well, as well as they as well as as well, air quotes, yeah. as they protected Mitch, Mitch gonna be back in the game because like he's not gonna serve like he's he's gonna get pummeled. Like he like they they've gotta do a better job. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's talk about what we talked about. Maybe that's, is there any other weaknesses you think that there are other than the lack of mobility from going to, from Mitch to Mason? Cause we can talk about the pros too, but like the cons of making this move. Yeah. I mean, I guess I think Mason isn't probably like not quite as accurate as Trubisky. Although like, look, Trubisky was playing so poorly that it's almost mm-hmm. like, like, like if I roll out Mitch and Mason in a, you know, precision passing drill on a practice field right now, I believe Mitch would beat him. But, like, Mitch is throwing off one back foot, slinging it all over the place, missing guys left and right. So, like, 
you know, mechanics have been a mess. Yeah. I I just, I think, I think this move is more honestly about that, that Mitch Trubisky's falling apart than it is like any real belief that Mason Rudolph is like better. It's just that Trubisky's not, not doing his job right now. He's not living up to his potential. And so, um, you know, you go to a different guy, maybe you get a spark, maybe at least you get somebody that can take care of the football. I really think this game needs to be a statement for the Steelers defense. They Mm. have to find a way to keep the offense in this game. I assume there's going to be some significant rust on Mason Rudolph. Like, yeah, I I have a hard time envisioning a first drive touchdown here, right? Like (laughs) he hasn't thrown a pass in the competitive game, except for one swing pass to Pat Fryermuth for three yards since 2021. Like that's going to be tough. So I think it's going to be incumbent on the defense to keep things, keep things tight early and find a way to let them work into this game. Um, okay. And then in terms of things that, you know, you are potentially getting an upgrade on going from Mitch to Mason, obviously you mentioned maybe not taking as much care of the football as obviously Kenny has. Um, but I think that I'm curious, you're mentioning not wanting to obviously take as many shots, just take care of the football, like a back quarterback game, but Mason does offer the best deep ball, in my opinion, of the entire room. So will they try to utilize that at all? You know, do they take a shot or two early just to see if they can catch Cincinnati sleeping? I guess it depends on what the Bengals do on defense. Like the last game, the Bengals sat in cover two the whole game. So no, I don't think that there's going to be the opportunities. Now maybe the Bengals will do something differently since they got shredded by Pat Farmuth in that game. But really, I mean, if I'm building a game plan against Mason Rudolph, I want him to do like, you don't want to give him deep balls. Like those are easy. Um, it's interesting too. Like he's never had a great connection with Deontay Johnson for whatever reason. Like if you remember that 19 year when, um, when, when Rudolph was in like Deontay didn't do that much. You know, he was he was really able to get the ball to James Washington, and that kind of felt like it. And I wonder if George Pickens can can do that, or maybe is it Calvin Austin? Like, I don't know. I would I would I would be interested in if they're gonna run cover two, run some stuff with Austin and Pickens at the same side and keep Pickens short and let Austin go long. And maybe he can lob a couple up there and see what happens. Um but I think in general, they're going to want to try to keep the football. They're not going to want to give the Cincinnati offense an inch. And uh, I, I think they've got to win the field position battle. So I don't think it's going to be a whole lot of risks in this game, even though that is certainly the thing that Mason is the very best at. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, too. Like you talk about connections that he could have with the receivers, obviously maybe working with Calvin Austin a lot in practice because of not, you know, being with the ones and stuff like that. But I think back to last year during the preseason. So the 2022 preseason, him and George Pickens connecting on a touchdown against the Seahawks in the preseason there, they were working together because obviously Chase Claypool was still on the roster. So like George not working exclusively with the ones early on in the preseason and stuff like that. So maybe there is just more of a connection there than he ever has had with Deontay Johnson, just due to them really not, seeing a ton of time together yeah i can see it i don't know we'll see how it plays out i think that's an interesting idea um the other thing i think i would like to see from the steelers in this game is um a little bit more too tight end i feel like they kind of got away from that um Mm. 
last week. And I know because Washington really uh, did struggle against New England. Um, but use Connor Hayward. You got use Hot Rod. You have four of them. Like I, th- I think, I think they need to continue to get Pat going and get him out into the into space and not have him tied to the formation so much. I really think that's a key for them. Alan, after reading this full comment that I want to bring in here, uh, I, we should have brought it up regardless of what it said because this is a greeting that we are getting from Germany. So we appreciate you tuning in to Steelers Afternoon Drive all the way in Germany. Uh, Mr. Max Bruzgin, B-R-U-Z-G-I-N. What do you think? Bruzgin? Bruzgin? Brutzgin? Brutzgin? There we go. Uh, I, I took it in high school. Um, Brutzgin? I don't know. That doesn't look especially German to me, so I don't know. But Hmm. So also it kind of explains why maybe some of it was a little bit choppy and I was kind of having to sift through the words here because they were using uh, the translation to send it. But so we asked specifically for topics, obviously, on the show and stuff. And they said, and this was before Kenny was officially ruled out, but if Kenny plays this week, even if he's clearly not at 100%, do you, you think that it is just so they have more tape on him to try to continue to decide in this offseason whether or not he is the guy to go with or if they need to look elsewhere for a quarterback? Um Okay, so now taking into consideration that Kenny has been rolled out, it kind of changes this question a little bit for me. And it's like, we've talked about this too. It's like, this is why Kenny is pushing to play. Like, I think that he's not, he's not dumb. He knows the part of the evaluation process that he's in right now. He knows that this franchise is still trying to figure out if he is the guy and if he can be the guy going forward. Um, and every rep that he can get is meaningful football. And obviously the competitive side of it for Kenny Pickett too. But um, yeah, I mean, that's why if he can go at any point, it's always been for me, let him go because you were trying to evaluate this guy to figure out if he is the guy. Um, Alan, where, where do you stand on this though? Like, are you kind of in the same boat or did it, did it make sense the entire time for you, for him to sit down for this one, just coming off this ankle procedure? I'd have been fine with him trying to play on crutches. <laughs> like, I, 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 <laughs> get him out there, man. He's your guy. He there we go. out there. I, as long as he's not like, look, he's got to be able to move well enough to protect himself. He didn't look right. great in that in that regard when I saw him at practice this week. So I get it, but I mean, he's got to play if he can play. There's no like to my mind. Doesn't matter if they lose. Like so, they can't be eliminated this week, even if they lose. No matter what else happens. But mm-hmm. even if they were to get eliminated, I think they still got to play him. He needs to grow. He needs to develop. He's too much of an important part of this team's story going forward to let this potential development just go by without taking advantage of it. Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, did he, in your mind now, this is obviously, uh, we don't know for sure how the Steelers view it, but like, did he become more valuable by not playing the team? Obviously like he got hurt in half to, at, right before half of that game against Cardinals. So Owen two and a half during that time. Oh, and three really their record. But um, what, what's your take on that? Cause I've seen a lot of people say that like there should be a greater appreciation for Kenny Pickett because of what the quarterback play was without him. Well, I wrote a big story about this. at Steelersnow.com about why and how the Steelers broke Mitch Trubisky and what it says about Kenny Pickett. Look, I mean, Mitch Trubisky in this offense was 10 points worse in passer rating than he was with the Chicago Bears, who were miserable then, like and, and had an offense that was a laughing stock. 
Oh, and Matt Nagy mm-hmm. was their head coach. So, yeah, I mean, I think it it points to look how bad Mitch ha- Mitch is in this offense, and we know that Mitch is better than that. We know. We've seen it. We have lots of evidence. He started 55 games in the NFL. We know he's better than he's been playing in this offense. So you should know that Kenny Pickett can be better than he's playing in this offense. And so I think the comparison really has done a lot of good for Kenny in that regard. It should give some faith and some hope that there is a good bit more to his game. I mean, look, if you add 10 points of passer rating to Kenny Pickett, look, he's not great. But now all of a sudden you're talking about like a Ryan Tannehill kind of player where it's like, okay, maybe could you upgrade him if you like do everything exactly right? Yeah, but it's going to be kind of hard. It's not like mm-hmm. the situation where they are now where people are talking about trading for Justin Fields or, you know, doing something, trading up for Michael Penix, which I saw in a mock draft this yeah. week. Don't, that, don't, that was do, Ryan don't, Wilson, don't do that. Yeah. Don't, don't, that's, a, we're going to talk about the draft a whole lot for three months. So I don't need to tease it. Don't, don't do mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it, I think, I think his absence, you know, at, what's the, what's the quote? Absence makes the heart grow fonder, right? Man, I think really uh, Kenny Pickett has, has shown uh, that as, as bad as things were going, it certainly could get worse without him. And it did. Yeah. I mean, there, there wasn't, I don't think that there was much question in your mind. There certainly wasn't in mine that he would get a shot with a different offensive coordinator for 2024. But I think that this just kind of, again, adds more evidence to that being the case. He deserves a shot with somebody else. He deserves it. And look, even though he wasn't doing like great quarterback things, he was winning. And I think at the end of the day, um, one, that's the job. And two, also like when we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, like Mike Tomlin, has, I think, to his fault, um, a lot of emphasis on results instead of process. Like, he is that guy. Mm. I yeah. like, I think that's why we had another season of Matt Canada, because the results down the end of the season were very, very good, right? Um, if Kenny Pickett it, – like, here's an interesting thought, right? If Kenny Pickett had a 10-point higher passer rating the second half of the last season, but instead of the Steelers going 8-1 – they went four and five. Do you think they would have brought Matt Canada back? Ooh. I'm going to say no. Yeah, I don't think so either, right? I think, like, look, like this is a team that evaluates pro- that evaluates results over process all the time. So, yeah, I mean, I think if we're talking about, like, what the Steelers are going to do, the fact that his backup is 0-5 in games that he's played in this year, Two of those were starts. One of them, he came in with the game tied. Now, uh, Jacksonville, he came in with the game in in reach. Houston, we're certainly not going to hold against Mitch sure, Trubisky. Yeah. But, yeah, I think they're going to look at that and be like, hey, man, we got to give this guy a real chance with a much better offense. Yeah. I mean, that that is so, again, you know, we're going to have a bunch of time in the offseason to talk about this, but that's just why I'm so intrigued. I'm not completely wishing these last three games away or anything like that, but I'm very interested in the direction this goes offensively, specifically this offseason. Alan, tell the people where they can find you. At a Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter, PGH Steelers Now sites account, SteelersNow.com, SteelersNow Plus, promo code 10% off using the code Allen 10 Like and subscribe to YouTube channel. And that's it. You'll find me at Agriculture Stadium on Saturday. And then like somewhere in there doing my Christmas shopping, probably on Christmas Eve. We'll see how that goes. 
<laughs> there we go. You can also find me at Acroshore Stadium on Saturday uh, for Steelers Bengals. Uh, you can also find me on all my social media platforms. It's Zachary Smith PGH. Like, subscribe, hit that notification bell here. Hit us in the comments. We want your topics. We want your questions, uh, specifically questions, because we get a lot of people's thoughts on everything, and that's great. But hit us with some questions too, so we can come back to those uh, tomorrow when we do predictions and stuff for the game. Leave us a five star review if you were listening somewhere else, Spotify, Apple, whatever your preferred podcast platform is. Until next time, for Alan Saunders, for myself, thanks for jumping in and taking another ride on the Steelers' afternoon drive.